You are listening to Concrete Conversations, an informative podcast brought to you by the Concrete Masonry Association of Australia. We represent the concrete masonry and segmental paving manufacturers in Australia. Our podcast will discuss technical information and case studies with some special guests from our industry. I'm your host, Elizabeth McIntyre, the CEO of the Concrete Masonry Association of Australia. Well, we are here today in cloudy Brisbane, overlooking the beautiful Jane Street and nearly all of the influence that Richards and Spence have brought to the Queensland market and what they've done particularly in brick. But we're actually in La Scala, which is dominated by concrete masonry. And I'm very excited to welcome Ingrid Richards to the Concrete Conversations podcast. Thank you, Elizabeth. Very happy to be part of it. Ingrid, I was just mentioning to you, I think it's been nearly two years since I've last seen La Scala and the growth and the contrast is really spectacular here. Is that what you envisaged when you set out with this design? Yeah, certainly it's this idea of a extended landscape. So when we designed the building, we had this idea that we could house a second residence, but still occupy the roof plane of it as a way of maintaining the generosity of the backyard, which is our front yard. Mm -hmm. And also, but by supplying a secondary dwelling that addresses the street. So we're trying to get the best of both worlds. Instead of having the granny flat out the back, yes. we've got Mrs. Mangle out the front <laughs> seeing what's going on and a garden above her. So that means that our landscape extends beyond the flat area and yeah. up onto the roof. And it's a, not only obviously creative design, but it's actually an increased privacy for you as well. That's right. So we decided that whatever we did, we would need some protection from the main road. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly the case. But we had the idea of, I mean, it's a well understood format of a central courtyard, nothing new there, but certainly with the idea that when you're on the ground plane, you feel like you, even though it's raised up above the car park level, you feel like this new ground plane is legitimate and grounded and that the building in a way, it's a bit like an iceberg. Once you get up here, it feels like a single story structure and a bit of landscape to the north and the bulk of the habitable space is underneath us. Mm. So it's the benefit of being on a sloping site. Yes, and you've certainly made the most of it. Before we talk a little bit more about La Scala, I wonder whether you could just talk to our audience around growing up, where you grew up, a little bit about your childhood. I grew up in Upper Brookfield in Brisbane. I'm a Brisbane girl. Adrian and I are both from Brisbane. And I grew up in Pacey Road and went to the small school on the corner. So it was on acreage, so about 10 acres. And when I grew up, it was a 10-minute walk to school on a dirt road. So, I mean, it was the 70s. So it was rural. It was an old pineapple farm, a very modest house and a very small population. So I went to a primary school that had 30 children in it and composite classes, so grade one, two, three, and then grade four to seven. So it was a very different world to high school where my entire school was in my class but it was a nice way to grow up and it was certainly outdoor focused 
and my brother and I would run around in the creeks and on BMX bikes and I guess making use of the landscape in a very different way than being in a more urban environment. And it's funny to think about that now because you just took it for granted at the time. Yeah, and do you think it's informed sort of some of your designs? Yeah, it's interesting when we started architecture more because... I had actually started university. I was doing this very strange arts degree of all these subjects that I thought I'd like a bit like how I'd approach my high school selection, this weird selection of arts and science and humanities. And then I thought, oh, this is crazy. What am I going to do with this? (laughs) I'm not going to do another kind of high school experience. So I was talking to a friend who lived on the opposite side of the hill in Upper Brookfield, Danielle Collier and we used to catch a bus together and she said no architecture is not all old men wearing cardigans it's actually there is art involved it's not like because I've done graphics as a subject and I thought oh god it's going to be like that quite dull and she said no 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 it's it's not like that and it's amazing on a number of levels firstly that I was able to swap two weeks into the term and talk to the dean and I had the right grades etc but and just explain that I think I'd made a poor choice on, on my selection and would they consider me to do architecture and he took I guess my subjects into account and said you know I think this would actually really suit you so let's fascinating so all throughout school there was never really any influence or inkling or well I I look back and architecture wasn't in my sphere you know it wasn't something that was discussed we were in a rural community and going out to I don't know if anyone knows suburbs like Kenmore and Injapilly, like this was the western suburbs that I was familiar with and they're not great well architecturally I guess and uh not particularly sophisticated but then there were some interesting parts seem to be houses but actually at uh, on our property the most interesting Structure was certainly the shed that was built in the 50s, which had a ripening room, really quite beautiful and spatially bizarre. And I think in a way that's the most interesting piece, but I felt like architecture was something, a very foreign concept, and I had my idea of it as to how it could inform place was very different to what it is now. Yes, okay. Yeah, I came at it as more really in a practical way of having a imagining something that I could do and it be arts and science and rather than having this great dream, which I think was more Adrian's trajectory, that he was, you know, taken to houses and seen all these things, I mean... That just wasn't in my in my sphere at all. So it is interesting. And then so how did university play out for you? I mean, because you'd made this spur of decision <laughs> or halfway, how did it then play out just in? Well, I think in the first three years I was still a bit, I mean, go back and you think about this. I think about, well, firstly, just how young you are when, you know, you finish school. And I was, like, young in my year. So I turned 18 the year like the September of the first year of university Mm -hmm. so I was I was 
you know, kind of younger in that regard. But, you know, unless you've had exposure, it's very much a curious thing. And I had conversations with some of the lecturers at university because they were in a way, so this is since graduating, obviously, surprised that they took it as a path of the course that the students were really interested in architecture. It's like, I didn't know what it was. So it's really interesting. So I would say after the first three years, which you would (laughs) obviously some great structure in the University of Queensland course, but then I was able to go overseas and it really changed things. Thank you. And how how so? Like, did you start? Well, you realise the village aspect overriding the singular building Mm -hmm. and I felt like the focus had always been... Well, in my mind, the perception of architecture as how it is as a individual piece. Mm-hmm. And when then when you go to a place that, say, Italy or kind of anywhere in Europe, <laughs> yes. that has been evolving over hundreds, thousands of years, how different that is and how how much more beautiful that is as a result whereas I could see the comparison of a relatively new city like Mm -hmm. the ones like Brisbane and how that immediate architectural response how unsatisfying it was in comparison (laughs) and so yeah wow you know it's actually and it's the obvious thing that you know you're taught at university it's the places in between but it's not until you actually see it and really understand that you do realise that, yes, the buildings are beautiful, the churches are beautiful, the, it's, you know, the individual exceptional buildings and especially when you're talking about kind of a modernist format that we're all, you know, quite fond of as architects mm. but a medieval city is incredible, something that's not directed by vehicles the scales are different everything is kind of turned on its head and it's good to return to relearn the things you know we spend a lot of our time trying to break rules and not recreate rebuild something but I think sometimes we forget we're not deep enough in the original decisions because as a friend of mine once said humans haven't changed much in their physicality yeah. in the last two three thousand years and so all that place making that we've been spending all this time developing still applies it does yeah and yeah and it i mean it seems all this conversation seems very obvious but if you come at it from the perspective of being a young person without that exposure suddenly when you get it it's quite a revelation can imagine very different to the pictures that's right well living it is different as well I mean it always fascinates me Europe in particular that you go well a how did they build all of this when you think about constructing something in this day and age and all the regulations you need to get through and the fact that it, most of the things are still standing. That's right. Um, well, they had a lot of time, which I think is probably, true. and it's that gradual process that I think is a bit difficult to even understand now. It's very true. So you've come back from overseas. How long did you spend there? 
Oh, goodness, like three months. Well, okay. You've come back. And it's a URL pass, old school URL yes. pass. And you finish university and then what do you go and do? So I was lucky enough to get a job at Cox Renner Architects yes. and I was there for 10 years. So yes. that was great. I had fantastic opportunities, hard work. Lots of hard work, but the opportunity, I guess, to run projects. And but I look back now, I think it was it was a great foundation in understanding architecture as a business. Lots of people very interested in the built outcome. I think of the buildings that I worked on then and would definitely approach it differently now. But it'd be strange if that wasn't the case. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think Adrian and I started a practice with the idea that it's a body of work rather than a series of buildings, obviously, but with the idea that it's not a revolution between them yes. and that it's trying to get better at it every time and explore new things which aren't necessarily can be material-based, but I think there's a general idea which will be a nice segue into yes. <laughs> block work, but yes. that there's other things that can be delivered in terms of planning opportunities and site integration opportunities that don't require a, a new architectural style to achieve. And so we're trying to find a balance between the kind of slow progress within the practice yes. with the idea that everyone on our team is kind of collectively participating in that. And just before we do go into materials, how did, I guess, the coming together of you and Adrian, like how was that identified and then what sort of precipitated the decision to start Richardson Spence? Yeah, it was, I didn't have this, again, burning desire to have my own practice and <laughs> I was quite happy to do project after project with the focus on trying to do the best project outcome that I could. And I guess it just became, again, a quiet evolution. Adrian had worked at BVN and at Donovan Hill and was doing projects by himself. And it just seemed at that time that natural thing to do. And I think that I guess it's maturation but also it wouldn't have been right for me to have done it earlier yeah and did you meet at university no no I I had actually seen one of Adrian's projects he'd done his own development I went with a friend Tim um, to to see this development so Adrian had taken a house and divided into a four like four pack and it was really great and but that was independent and then we met a few years later at the Sydney Dance Company performance in Brisbane. Ah. And the rest is history. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. Ingrid, I remember first meeting yourself and Adrian right when I started at Think Break, which is now 12 years ago. Oh, my you goodness. Were invo- you were invited to do the About Face competition. Oh, yes. <laughs> at the time, that was a conceptually based competition about, I think, designing a particular brief conceptually through Brick. And I remember your design, your concept was, it was just brick everywhere, you know. And I, I mean, I loved it for all of these reasons, but because you were so passionate about it. And I remember listening and, and being that new person on the jury and some architects were like, well, this is impractical. And I'm sort of sitting there going, well, they've, you know, fulfilled the brief. You know, they, <laughs> it, it, there's brick everywhere. And then I 
I think for me, ever since then, you know, you, you have had this absolute dominance of brick in all your designs. And I wondered, in the past, you've been on our juries and you've said one of the reasons for that is because, you know, brick lasts. Yeah. And, yeah, outside of that, I guess why brick? And then I'd love you to then go into the trajectory of now sort of moving from brick to block. Yes. Mm. Yeah, well, I think some of the concerns about the application of brick in that competition we've seen built at Fish Lane Town Square. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. Yeah, it it's good. almost... It was quite possible. In, in fact, you know... I, get the, I'm going to get those designs <laughs> out because I'm telling you. It was funny. It was, yeah, this is not possible. But I think the idea of having a trafficable brick surface was one. Mm. We, yeah, actually thinking about Fish Lane, uh, it's not a full bricked zone, but that's over a council under a railway line. It's so that's different. There. Yeah. It's, it's a different. Yeah. Anyway, that, that was quite interesting. But yes, yeah, so we have used masonry. It started on a few projects. Yes. One was St. Ignatius School, yes. which we were, did during the GFC. It was yes. like <laughs> the ninth school building project which was lovely and there's a brick campus and so we were charged with reinforcing an existing raised field so we made a brick retaining wall that spoke to the campus which had a St Ignatius so there's a church out the front and then extended the campus building with a base of masonry and then a large folded skilling roof that referenced the neighbouring Queenslander. Mm -hmm. So we were trying to find a way of acknowledging the context around us. So it's a campus building, therefore should be brick, but it had this other role. And so we repurposed the brief of a sports pavilion as as a pavilion in the round with external places for students to gather so there's some step seating yeah Yeah. it's it was a lovely project and it's very small but high these are school initiated projects Mm. i mean the catholic school works built works were i think quite good as a result of that whole process but the modesty of the brick which is what the rest of the campus had been built in was able to create school buildings a building for watching football games and sports games but also this beautiful church out the front and so you could see the versatility of what was very cheap building element and how it could be applied differently and how you could see the craftsmanship in these different applications and I think weirdly as a project that was quite key uh 19 james street which is the first building that we were involved in as richardson spence in the james street precinct that was an adaption of original building and at the time the brick facade was about the same cost as a rendered block mm-hmm. and we said well you'd be crazy to use a rendered block you can't you have to keep painting it yeah um, it doesn't allow an overlay of plants in mm-hmm. the same way yeah because it'll just kind of peel off and so 
that building has a concrete awning, which again, we argued this is a client that is maintaining ownership of the building. And so we said, well, you know, if it's a lightweight structure, you'll be forever repairing it. Let's just do it once, make it out of masonry and grow plants around it. And then that became the catalyst for all the decisions on those projects around James Street afterwards. Mm -hmm. And so after that project was done, because it didn't look like an addition, Mm -hmm. you can tell when you look down from the Kalal, you can see the original roof edge, which is kind of profile parapet from a 90s tilt up. That was the original structure. And we kind of built it out, repaired the street, made these courtyards, kept some trees. And then that became the language that we were able to maintain in that precinct. So it was a white brick. We've used different bricks across the project as different ones were made available. And I guess it was the idea that the client had as a client body, because there's a series of owners, that the collective has value and they apply this to leasing strategies. They apply this to having festivals, uh, food and wine trails, things like this, but they also apply it to the architecture. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't this, and you can see this, it was a a campus strategy without calling it a campus. And interestingly, when you see a lot of campuses, they don't maintain any architectural identity. Mm. And so if you go back to perhaps being in another part of the world and seeing what a village identity is, how strong and reassuring and beautiful it is about having... It's it's not monotonous. It's really pleasing and calming. And it's trying to find that balance. So they understood that and they were happy to maintain that language and not require the new best thing. And that that was the key. So the only thing new that we've worked on on that, in that precinct is actually the Kalal. Everything else was uh, alteration and addition. And, but I think it feels there are kind of some strange spaces as a result of that, but that's kind of nice. But it does feel like it actually isn't an alteration alteration it feels like it was all designed specifically for that yes yeah Yeah, it's interesting and so then we looked at we did the brickworks showroom the original refurbishment which it's been extended now which was this block where we're showcasing the material so we wanted to use a kind of very minimal palette and a singular material with the idea that you appreciate if you make a room out of brick and stone the flooring is that you'll say, wow, this is a beautiful room. You could use it internally. Yes. It's not just an external facade material. It can go within. And we took that and extended upon that idea when we built our home. And we use a white porcelain block and there's a variety of finishes that we have used and it's very mild we had a struck coursing and and use a variety of heights so it with the idea that you kind of imagine stone as you see it and then we've used concrete throughout so in this building there is a lot of concrete as an interior and block work externally 
and then uh, layering of two types of stone, travertine and marble. And this was happening also at the same time as a Kalal. So they were being delivered simultaneously. I have to say our house took longer. (laughs) But there is, I guess, in a point of time, it's interesting to see that those projects were happening at the same time. And there were some motifs of the arches that were used on this project, I think more sparingly in the concrete. And it was uh, as opposed to those large placemaking arches at the Kala, which were brick as of the precinct and that idea of making these individual shop fronts. But it is interesting that they were happening at the same time and it was, again, a very kind of quiet process. But I guess this house, again, it's a the material holds. It goes inside and outside, whether it's block or stone or concrete and it's this thinking back to the St Ignatius campus with the series of different buildings all out of the same material it's a really nice thing to understand how it can extend especially in a place like Brisbane where we spend so much of our time externally Mm. that the idea that you can just open up and walk inside and outside is a given. I know we've had some people from down south and say, how does this work? It's like it's Brisbane, it never gets that cold. Yes. So we've got a fireplace, and which is fun, and it but does But definitely work. how you will have found it in yeah. summer quite cool. Yeah, that's imagine. right. And yeah. we've also, I guess, traded in a way, and this is an interesting conversation, our neighbours have solar panels on their roof. We're unable to have solar panels without removing the rooftop planter beds. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit of an exchange there. And I I think it's a really interesting one because we've got such a green site now because we've got green roofs, we've got planters, we've got a big central lawn. So it's green as much as possible. But it's exchanging that for the provision to make electricity, but you would argue that this building would reduce the heat sink for our neighbours. So I feel like, as is often the case, we're we're providing a public service in a way, something that we've got a neighbouring tower, they're looking down at something green instead of reflective roofs. And it's, again, the habitable roof works for us, And but I do feel that it's a cool place to be, like cool mm. as in temperature. And yes. the depth of soil on the roofs has an incredible insulative effect. Yes. So, And did the block behave as you expected it to behave or were there any surprises? That's a good question. I think it is really, in some cases, I guess we've used in some instances block as a veneer and then block structurally, for instance, those walls. So there is a variety regarding how it's used as a building product. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's just really a rain veil and sometimes it's a structural element. I think it was important for us to have a material palette that could age Mm -hmm. and I think 
that was key to the selection of block something that can support plants it can support a layer of cladding so for instance at the gatehouse we've got stone cladding that also houses the electrical switch box mm. so it needed a it needed to be something other than block for instance but it's a way based on the coursing you can integrate it any kind of thing so I think it's worked very well as providing a structure and then off-form concrete is a different pour that can be more I guess site specific for instance these arches I think if we were to build the arches we would have selected out of brick we would have selected brick rather than concrete box so it's just the way we chose to compose the building yes, and yes. so we're using block to its best effect rather than making shapes with it and I I think that's important when you look at these materials is trying to find out what it's best used for and yes. use it for that purpose it's not a tensile structure it's don't hang device. it from a string yes so. yeah. <laughs> I like that the house has been referenced as obviously I guess a little bit of that sort of Palm Springs feel and things like that. Was there any background to that? I mean, is it, I've been to Palm Springs, so I feel like I can say, I get where people get that. Oh, but sure. I just wonder whether it's sometimes something that you come up with and then you go, oh, okay, well, if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, light-coloured masonry is, and brick, actually a lot of Palm Springs is stone there's certainly the very strongly referenced not on this project but the parker is a there's an image of that breeze block facade that everyone's quite familiar with and i think that's what we think of palm springs but a lot of it is actually very modest in today's standard houses you go there and you think god everything's so tiny and this is where sinatra lived it's like i think i can touch the ceiling without making (laughs) it's a very different scale i think we have approached the building with an arid planting scheme on Mm. the roof because it gets all sun and that's more lush and obviously shade tolerant plants down the bottom and I think that use of cacti and yuccas and dracaenas is part of that idea that reference of the palm springs which is obviously in the desert so I think there's probably a few things that overlay for me it's very roman you know that sort of that's what I love about it I think that's really where the reference is from but also you know I think if you went back in time the identity of Palm Springs was probably based on these original European examples and so I think of course we're building off we're standing on the shoulders of what came before so we're trying to evolve from those original references as they did all over the world and so we're just trying to find a way of making it applicable to Brisbane using the materials. I mean, we're not building out of pieces of stone um, in Brisbane, Roman style, but certainly there is a layer of aesthetics that I think we find so beautiful and we're like a lot of Australia. If having the opportunity now trying to take that time to go overseas mm. and get reimmersed in that incredible 
places that we love and it's a real it's so great to be able to travel it's it's a real luxury mm. that I think we're particularly aware of after the last few years Ingrid thank you so much for that we've just got a few I guess rapid fire questions okay all answers are acceptable <laughs> favorite color palette mm. no color plus Polish. plants but okay no color plus plants Polished or shop blast concrete blocks? Both. Textured or smooth blocks? Combination. Dark or light concrete blocks? In Brisbane, light. CAD model or physical model? Mm. It's revved all the way now for speed, but I have to say nothing beats a physical model. Mm. Masonry, exterior or interior? Both. Form or function? Function. Solid blocks or breeze blocks? Solid. Early riser or night owl? Uh, <laughs> it's a, no, terrible. Neither of the above. <laughs> Antique or brand new? Antique. Urban or rural landscape? Ooh. Landscape, rural. Ingrid Richards, thank you very much for having a concrete conversation with me. Thank you very much. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please follow, rate and review our podcast. We are always looking for ideas of what to talk about. If you have an idea of what you'd like to hear about, there's a link in our show notes to let us know.